بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله الله سبحانه وتعالى has blessed us once again to attend his house and spend some moments discussing one of the greatest symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is none other than Masjid Al-Aqsa and before we go on to today's lesson let's have a quick recap of last week's lesson which was number 13 who can remind us what did we speak about last week yes so we spoke about a lengthy hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Isra and Mi'raj, we all believed the visit that he made was physical in bodily form. But then on, there were other occasions where he visited Masjid al-Aqsa in a dream. Anybody remember what happened in the dream? Any, any parts? Just a reminder. Yep. Yep. Okay, so there were two men, the Prophet says, two men came in my dream and they took me from Makkah to Baytul Maqdis and then they took me and I saw these scenes. So one of the scenes was, there was a man sitting down, a man standing up. The standing up man had a hook in his hand and he was putting it into the mouth of the one sitting down and ripping his jaw open. And like this, there were several scenes uh, which were scenes of punishment. And then the story went on. When he would ask what's going on, what, did, what was it told? Carry on. So he goes, I carried on. And there were four, about four scenes like this, which were scenes of punishment. And then they came to a huge garden, very beautiful garden. He hadn't seen a garden. There was a massive tree in there. And was there somebody there in the garden? There was an elderly man. And later on, we found out that was Ibrahim salam, surrounded by children. And then they went up and they went into a very beautiful house. Whose house was this? The house of the general believers. They went up further and they were told that this is the house of the martyrs. And then what happened? He was told to look up. When he, when he looked up, what did he see? Okay, there was a big cloud. And then he was told. What, what was in the cloud? What was he told? The house of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So what we're trying to connect it to is that the Prophet Sallallahu was shown his house in Jannah whilst he was in Baytul Maqdis. So this is the connection. And he was told, he asked that, let me go. And they said, no, your time hasn't come. You've still got some more time remaining on the earth. So the, the connection here was, this is another way how the Prophet Sallallahu planted the love of Masjid Al-Aqsa in the hearts of the Ummah by telling us that he saw his house in Jannah whilst he was in uh, Baytul Maqdis. So let's move on. And, and oh yes, one more important thing is the homework. Okay, the campaign, which I think we haven't done this week. Clearly, we can see it, it, it's gone the other way. Okay, what what did we say? We said that to be able to to a person generally sees those things in the dream that you think about, that you talk about, that you speak to people about. It's 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 a mission that you've got on your mind. So we said this week gone, we were supposed to make it our mission to get as many people to come and attend the Great Fajr campaign. Not so that we have a larger number of people. That's not the purpose. The purpose is we can get more and more people involved in the mission of Masjid Al-Aqsa. That's the idea. 
and we would be automatically, if they come or not, at least we would have been involved. Um, it's just so happened the other way, where normally we have many more people than we have today. And uh, it's, it's happened the other way. So we've said to try and speak to and get ready at least three people a day in the week. And that would have been, imagine we didn't even do three and just one person. Okay, and let's cut out a couple of days here and there. Even if we brought five people with us, each person bringing five people would have added a lot to what we've already got. So inshallah, this can be something continuous that we can keep doing. So next week, inshallah, we can try and ensure that we bring somebody along with us. Um, so this week's lesson is number 14. One of the greatest bounties, so lesson 14, how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam planted the love of Masjid al-Aqsa in the hearts of the Ummah. One of the greatest bounties Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hereafter is something we called the al-hawd or with a, with a description al-hawd al-kawthar. Hawd is generally translated as the pond. We've all heard about the pond, okay? And in a simple translation would be called the pond of abundance. How important is this pond? It actually forms part of our creed. Meaning as a Muslim, part of the things that you have to believe in, this is one of those things we have to believe in to be a Muslim. Now in the hereafter, there's going to be a stage and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is going to be granted Al-Hawd. It's mentioned in the Quran. Many ahadis speak about it. So from the stages of the hereafter, the hold is one of the stages. Now we're not going to go into the difference of opinion of the scholars. When will this occur? Will it be happened before the bridge, after the bridge, or, or at another time? That's for another occasion. But the main thing is that this hold, every true believer, every sincere, true Muslim, yearns in anticipation to arrive at this hold. Why? Because this is the time when the lovers will meet their beloved. Who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There is a hadith in Imam al-Tirmidhi rahimahullah narrates a hadith uh, Sayyiduna Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he asked the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hereafter on the day of judgment where are we going to find you? In all the turmoil that will be going on, where will we find you? And the Prophet ﷺ said, come by the bridge of Sirat. That's where you'll find me. So I will stand by the bridge of Sirat. And when people will be try falling from the Ummah, I will try and pick them up and ensure that they cross over. That's why I will be there to help and assist my Ummah. And then the Sahabi goes, what if I come there and you're not there? What if I don't find you there? So he said, come by the Mizan. By the scales, you know, we believe again, this is part of our belief that our good deeds, our bad deeds are going to be placed in a scale. It's going to be a huge scale. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we know it's going to be very big. And the good deeds will be on one side, bad deeds placed on the other. He says, I will be there. Why would he be there? Because he will try to ensure that the good deeds are heavier of the believers of his ummah and trying pushing the scale down to ensure that every ummati of the Prophet gets a good record when they come there. He said, what if I don't find you there? He said, if you don't find me in the first place and the second place, then most definitely, surely, you will find me at the Hawd. I will definitely be there and I will be welcoming my ummah at the Hawd of Kawthar. Now, this is something the Prophet ﷺ has told us 
the inni faratukum ala al-hawd. I will be waiting for you. So I will get there in advance. You know when someone's a family member of yours reaches somewhere before you and then they ensure everything is okay, they've checked the place out and they've got it already waiting for your arrival. You know at the back of your mind that there's somebody there waiting for you. When you get to the airport, somebody comes to do your istikbal and collect you. So the Prophet says, I will be waiting for you at the hawl. So my ummah will arrive. Imagine this is going to be the first time believers will get to see, meet, greet and embrace Rasulullah Such a great occasion. So every Muslim yearns for that moment. And the Prophet gives so many descriptions of this moment. He says that when people will arrive, what will happen is when people will arrive, the Prophet with his own blessed hands, he's going to take this water and he's going to give to drink every person of this ummah uh, who succeeds and arrives there, the water to drink from this hawd uh, and this blessed pond of Rasulullah He further went to describe the pond. He said the water of this pond is whiter than milk. Now imagine this. He said it's whiter than milk. Its taste is sweeter than honey. It's more fragrant than musk. It's more cooler than ice. So this is a description of the actual beverage, the drink that a person will drink from there. Then he went on to explain even further that the cups and the glasses, the goblets and the jugs and the vessels to drink from this will be larger in number than the stars in the sky. Just shows you how many cups are there waiting uh, for the people of this ummah uh, 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 to drink from this hell and pond of abundance of the Prophet And then in one hadith it says the Prophet said to the Sahaba that I really yearn to meet my brothers. And the Sahaba said, are we not your brothers? We are your brothers, we're here. Like, why are you saying you, you wish you met your brothers? He says, no, you're not my brothers, you're my companions. My brothers will be those who will come after you. They will believe in me without seeing me. And on the day of judgment, I will recognize them. How will we? So the Prophet says, I will be welcoming you at the pond of Kawthar. And I will recognize the people of my ummah by the radiance on their faces and their limbs the places that you washed in wudu will be shining. And he says, this is how I will recognize who is from my ummah, who is not from my ummah. And I will welcome them at the hawl and they will arrive and I will give them water to drink from this hawl. The Prophet ﷺ also said that once you drink from here, you will never feel thirsty ever again. He further went on to explain the size of this hawl. That the size of this hawl, this pond, is the duration of travel of one month. How long does it take you to travel in one month? How far can you get in one month journey? This is how large this pond is. And then he went further to say the, the place between my house, this is in Masjid Nabi, says the place between my house and my mimbar, meaning my pulpit, is a garden from the gardens of paradise. And my mimbar will be on my house. It will be at the place where my house will be, that is where my member will be on the day of judgment. So all this description given regarding the hawd, and there'll be much more, I've mentioned a few of the narrations regarding the hawd of Kawthar. Now you might be thinking, what's that got to do with our topic of discussion? 
Where is the mention of Baytul Baqdis Masjid Al-Aqsa? How did the Prophet وسلم, plant the love of Masjid Al-Aqsa uh, in relation to the Hawd of Al-Kawthar? Is there any connection? What, can we see any apparent connection so far in everything we've mentioned? One thing we've learned in all the previous 13 lessons is Masjid Al-Aqsa is part of every discourse. There is nowhere you will find that it's not part of the discourse. It's never been missed out from day one. We've seen in every aspect, in every element, you will find somewhere, somehow, there is a connection. And even here, there is a connection. How is there a connection? We find in the hadith of Ibn Majah, the Prophet ﷺ says, Inna li For me, there will be on the day of judgment a pond. And we know which pond it's talking about. And he described that the size of this pond will be Imagine the size from the Kaaba to the Baytul Maqdis. Baytul Maqdis means Masjid Al-Aqsa. Now, look at this. The Prophet ﷺ, he selected and chose the most beloved places in the sight of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to describe the size of this Hawd. We said the journey of a month. Oh yeah, one more thing. The Prophet ﷺ said, the size, the sides of the pond are equal. What does that mean? What shape is it going to be in? It's a square shape. That's another thing we learn from the hadith. So the, the, the distance between one end to the other is one month journey. And this hadith is quite specific. That it says that imagine the Kaaba on one side, Masjid Al-Aqsa on the other side, in between is the pond. Can you see how he's connected? Now every Muslim yearns for this moment. And the way he's done it is he's, he, he's given you the image to imagine the Kaaba on one end, Masjid Al-Aqsa on the other. And where's Masjid Nabawi? In the middle. This is amazing. Another place where he connected all three masjids. We just mentioned, what did he say? My member will be on my house. Where is the member? Member is in Masjid Nabawi. So on one side we have the Kaaba, on one side we have Masjid Al-Aqsa and in the center where the member of the Prophet will be and where the center of the Hawd will be is Masjid Nabawi. And this is how he has connected all three Masajid and once again planted that love of Masjid Al-Aqsa in the hearts of the Ummah. Now what do we take from here? How can we implement this in our lives? And what's this week's campaign? Very simple, very easy campaign. This week what we want everybody to do is every time you drink any beverage, whether it's water, juice, milk, as long as it's halal, every time you drink, I want you to imagine drinking from the pond of Gothar. That day, and have that yearning that the Prophet, just imagine, think about that time when the Prophet is going to fill up that jug and give you with his own blessed hand something to drink. But whilst you're Drinking and imagining this, I want you to imagine further the size of the pond. And imagine the Kaaba on one side, Masjid Al-Aqsa on the other side, and Masjid Nambwi and the member of the Prophet in the middle. Insha'Allah, this will increase the love of all three Masajid in the hearts and also create the yearning for us to meet the Prophet Remember, this is going to be the first place where believers will get a chance to meet, greet, and embrace Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Now inshallah we'll give some time for the recitation of the Quran.
Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Normally at this time we discuss some uh, news updates for the week from Palestine. Uh, today I want to share something a little bit different. Uh, it is news. Uh, yesterday marked the 52nd if I'm right, 52nd anniversary of an incident that took place uh, again in the morning time in Masjidul Aqsa. So we're going back 52 years. What happened 52 years yesterday, 21st of August 1969 is when this incident happened. Uh, there was an Australian Christian Zionist, so just to correct, this, this was, he was a Christian, so he was a Christian Zionist, 28 years old, Dennis Michael Rohan his name was. At approximately 7.30 a.m., again, look at the timing, it's taking advantage of the quiet moments of our masajid. Even our masjid now, we're here till Ishraq and it'll be quiet. There'll be nobody here. Nothing happening then all the way till Dhahr time. Same is the case with many other masajid around the world. Alhamdulillah, Haramain are busy. But with Masjid Al-Aqsa, this is why we need people to travel and visit there throughout the year and then remain in the masjid. Because what they've done is they've taken advantage of this time. And this is why the settlers actually come in and break into Masjid Al-Aqsa every day at this time. So this is what happens. He took advantage of the quiet moments and he brought in with him, with the excuse of taking pictures, he brought in with him some petrol and he went straight to the member, uh, which was there for 800 years. This was the member built by Nuruddin uh, Zinki, rahmatullahi. 20 years before the liberation of Masjid al-Aqsa, he built this member whilst he was in Syria, in Aleppo, and he placed it in the Jami Masjid with the hope that once the crusaders are defeated and that only happened 20 years later I'm hoping that Allah will accept this member to be used in Masjid Al-Aqsa when Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahmatullah came and Allah liberated Bayt Al-Maqdis at his hands somebody reminded him that Nuruddin had built this member so it was arranged to be transported all the way from Syria to Palestine over a two-month journey every city would arrive and they would have a festival because they would celebrate it as the member of liberation. And when he arrived in Masjid Al-Aqsa, they put it together and it remained there for 800 years. What does that mean? 40,000 Juma khutbas were delivered on there. That's how significant this member is. 40,000. And it was made from 16,000 pieces of wood and put together without any glue and any nails, like Lego. Okay, it was an art. The, in the way it was made. 16,000 pieces of wood stuck together without any glues, any nail. Anyway, so this person, he comes on, on this magnificent treasure. He comes and he sets it alight and puts it on fire. Remember, it's quiet. There's nobody hardly there. So it's burning. It's burning and it's burning. And then that caused uh, a whole side of the, uh, the Musalla al-Tibli, the front area where the Imam stands and leads the mass from, one of the parts of Masjid al-Aqsa. Uh, so one side, the eastern side of that was also burning as well. And the fire continued for over five and a half hours. The occupation didn't arrive with their equipment and their firefighters for hours. So much so that the firefighters all the way from Ramallah and Nablus arrived before the local fire... Uh, uh, chiefs arrived from the so it seemed that this was well planned they've done it together 
and they prevented any locals from taking part for so long as well in extinguishing the fire. Obviously, the longer it burnt, the more damage was caused. And this continued. And then even after the damage was caused, they didn't allow to uh, re-build sort of those areas that were damaged for a long period of time as well. What happened to this individual? Well, they just said he was insane, whereas he was a graduate. He wasn't insane. Uh, so they took him to court. They said, oh, he's insane, and they let him go. And although the fire was that occurred 52 years ago, but even today, Masjid al-Aqsa is still burning. Maybe it's in a different form, okay? In the form of this, this, this is how it happened, a settler invasion. The settler invasion has only increased, and their activity has only increased. And every single day, it's only going further and further. What is needed is for Muslims to realize the importance to be present there in large numbers and to frequent it like we frequent the Haramain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Today was um, a special day for us. Uh, Brother Yusuf was going to join us as well. We were supposed to be traveling to Masjid al-Aqsa today. Uh, however, we find ourselves here through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The restrictions are still in place. They haven't opened. Uh, but we make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for us uh, to travel inshallah as soon as possible so Muslims can continue frequenting. However, Allah has blessed us that although we can't travel there, Allah has sent a part of Palestine to us. So next Jummah inshallah, we have Sheikh Saleh all the way from Jerusalem and he'll be giving the talk inshallah from Palestine. He'll be coming here and talking to us. So at least we have something, we can't go there. So Allah sent a part of Palestine here. So I do ask everybody to please attend the Jummah and uh, request other people to try and take part as well. Jazakumullah khaira. We'll make dhikr and with dua and then you can do your ishraq and please do partake of the breakfast before leaving. Recite the Rusharif Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله Subhanallah, 
ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله 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 العظيم استغفر الله 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 الله والله 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 لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد يا ذا الجلال والاكرام يا ذا الجلال والاكرام يا ذا الجلال والاكرام لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين وإلهكم إله واحد لا إله إلا هو الرحمن الرحيم اللهم لا أحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزى الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أهله رضينا بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رسولا ونبيا الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد ولا نعمة الإيمان ولك الحمد ولا نعمة الإسلام ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم تجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم رب اغفر وارحم أنت خير الراحمين O kind Allah O loving Allah O most merciful Allah Have mercy upon our condition O Allah Grant us your forgiveness O Allah Grant us your guidance O Allah Grant us your protection O Allah, we are always in need of you, O Allah. You are the greatest, O Allah. You are the most powerful, O Allah. We are the most weakest, O Allah. You know everything, O Allah. We know nothing, O Allah. You are the most powerful, O Allah. And we are the most weakest, O Allah. Help us, O Allah. Sustain us, O Allah. Guide us, O Allah. Guide us along the straight path, O Allah. We need your assistance, O Allah. We need your guidance at all times, O Allah. Help us to be punctual with our salah, O Allah. Grant us a strong, strong connection with the masjid, O Allah. Grant us a strong connection with your deen, O Allah. Help us to revive the sunnah within our homes, O Allah. O oh Allah, time will come when we all have to leave the world. Make the last day our best day, O oh Allah. Make our final action our best action, O oh Allah. And grant us the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, when we are leaving the world, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from the torment of the grave, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from the humility on the day of judgment, O oh Allah. Grant us the drink from the blessed hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the hawth of Kawthar, O oh Allah. Help us to cross the bridge of Sirat easily, O oh Allah, without any account and without any interrogation. Grant us entry into your Jannah al-Firdaus, O oh Allah. We are not deserving of your paradise, O oh Allah, but we ask you through your mercy, O oh Allah, safeguard us from the fire of Jahannam, O oh Allah, and grant us entry into Jannah al-Firdaus, O oh Allah. Have mercy on our parents, O oh Allah. Look after our parents, O oh Allah. Grant them good health, O oh Allah. Those of our parents who have left the world, fill their grave with Noor, O oh Allah. Become pleased with them, O oh Allah. Help the Ummah, O oh Allah. Sustain the Ummah, O oh Allah. Protect the Ummah, O oh Allah. Have mercy on the people of Masjid Al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Help them to continue defending this great symbol of yours on this earth, O oh Allah. Help them to continue to resist the occupation, O oh Allah. All put an end to the illegal occupation, O oh Allah. Grant relief and alleviation from the sufferings, O oh Allah, with due to this occupation. O oh Allah, help them, O oh Allah. Protect them, O oh Allah. Liberate Masjid Al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Allah, utilize us for this noble cause, O oh Allah, and do not replace us, O oh Allah. Nabiya Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked of you many good things. We ask of you the same. He sought your protection from many evils. We seek your protection from the same. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.